Pentecost. I love the image that some of the early Christians gave for this feast. That just as we cannot imagine our body without a soul, a body without a soul is dead. So we cannot imagine the church without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the soul, the life principle of the church. And just as God breathed the breath of life into Adam, God is continually breathing the Holy Spirit into his church and to every single Christian. What Jesus did in the gospel, he breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying this to us at every moment. Receive the Holy Spirit because you and I cannot live without the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, as Christians, we are dead. Then Jesus comes and reveals to us how to live by the Holy Spirit. Notice the life of Jesus. We cannot even think about it without the Holy Spirit. He's conceived by the Holy Spirit. In the Jordan waters, he's baptized by the Holy Spirit when he begins his public ministry. And then it says he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he's tempted. And after that it says, and he returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our model. And Jesus did nothing without the Holy Spirit. And in the letter of Paul to the Romans, we are reminded of one of the beautiful, deepest movements of the Spirit in your life and mine. When the Spirit moves us to cry out, Abba, Father. This is why Jesus prayed in the morning and at night and throughout the day. He would cry out, Abba. And Abba, his Father, would provide everything he needed through the Holy Spirit, the gift containing all gifts. At every moment of the day, you and I are in need of something from the Holy Spirit. The problem today, though, which is very sad, is there are many Christians who do not know the Holy Spirit and many Christians who do not call upon the Spirit. If you and I just look back this past week, how many times did you and I call on the Holy Spirit? Don't answer. Just think about this for a second. For many people, 
Zero. Zero. Where is the Holy Spirit in our Christian life? Am I confident in his presence within me? Do I realize what a gift the Spirit of God is? Do I realize how much the Holy Spirit wants to do for me and you? How much he wants to help? How generously he wants to give? We could go into the fifth chapter of Galatians, and we could talk about all the fruits of the Spirit. We could go into the 11th chapter of Isaiah, and we could talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those seven gifts. We could go into Paul's letter to the Corinthians and talk about other gifts and charisms of the Holy Spirit. But today, I want to talk about two examples from the Pentecost sequence that was sung before the gospel. Here's the first example. Come, Holy Spirit, come. You of comforters the best, sweet refreshment here below, rest most sweet, solace in the midst of woe, the one in whom our strength is renewed. My dear friends, this touches on an area that is very common in your life and in mine. We all know pain, but how do we manage the pain in our life? Whether that pain is loneliness, whether that pain is the sorrow from something precious that we lost, a dear one who has died, whether that pain is stress, whether that pain is frustration at how life is going, whether that pain is the burden of heavy worry and concern because of the state of affairs around us, what do you and I do with the pain in our life? God is saying that he is the source of comfort, true solace, real refreshment, the only one who can renew our strength. But if we don't go to God, what are we doing? Here's where we often sin when it comes to navigating pleasures. It's what Paul means by living by the flesh. Too quickly and almost exclusively, we turn to the flesh and we try to use food and drink and other things of this world to deal with our pain, to medicate it, to numb it, to escape it, and it never really helps. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Abba, Father, whenever you and I have pain, send me the Holy Spirit to bring me the comfort that I really need. Refresh my spirit. Renew my strength. Rejuvenate my life. This is one thing that the Spirit of God is ready to do. We just don't turn to the Holy Spirit. Second example and last one. Bend the stubborn heart and will. Melt the frozen, warm the chill. This is another way of expressing another common experience. Hardness of heart. I had a deacon up in Clearwater from the East Coast, and he would keep preaching about hot hots. What are you talking about? What's hot hots? You go, you mean hard heart? Yeah, hot hots. All right, okay, okay. I think I'm tracking with you. So whether it's a hard heart or a hot hot, we all experience this. Whenever we are hurt by someone, and you know, isn't it something that we often are hurt and hurt the people that are closest to us, our family, our friends, those that we serve and minister with? And what happens when we are hurt? Our heart hardens. And it can be hardened by anger, pride, unforgiveness, resentment, hardened by fear. Sometimes God asks something of us that is hard. There's times in our life where we struggle with one of God's commandments and we don't want to change. God, I do not want to forgive. (laughs) I don't want to. This rebelliousness of our heart is another form of hardness of heart. What do we do when that happens? The Holy Spirit is ready to bend the stubborn will and to melt the frozen and warm the chill. Again, this is not about just trying harder. That will not work. Abba, Father, whenever we experience hardness of heart, melt this hard heart of mine. Bend my stubborn will to say yes to God, to accept what is hard, to be childlike in my trust and obedience so that love can continue to flow again. Forgiveness, mercy, compassion, melt my heart. This is what the Holy Spirit is ready to do. But sometimes we don't call upon the Spirit. So my dear friends, let us take to heart this encouragement this exhortation of the gospel. Let us live by the Spirit, for this is the sign that we are children of God.
Amen.